I rang John and said, look, I'm going to leave and I'm going to try and set up this place that does good fast food. Just so I thought it'd be polite to let you know. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, well, okay, I'm going to leave too and I'm going to do it with you. Welcome to this brand new Lightbulb Moment episode brought to you in partnership with Dell Technologies, who believe in shining a light on these life-changing moments shared by incredible founders and entrepreneurs taken from my conversations of inspiration. It really is an honour to share their inspiration with you, and I hope their story impacts your own thinking as deeply as it has mine. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down. Where we're going, you won't need to bring your frown. Ambitious, funny and incredibly inspirational. These are all the words I use to describe the co-founder of Leon, Henry Dimbleby. I was lucky enough to meet with Henry back in 2018 when it was just series two and I was still very new to this whole podcasting thing. There were many hilariously brilliant moments throughout our chat, but what really stuck with me is that Henry knew he had a genuine love for food and that he had to do something with it. I wish I'd been a fly on the wall in those early days for Henry, as I can only imagine the memories that he shared with his co-founder, John. At the time, actually, they had this thing where you had to say, where if you went up to the counter, you bought a Whopper and you said, it's flaming tasty. Then they gave you another one for free. And it was like so, <laughs> it was my first kind of experience of social embarrassment. It was like... Can I face the embarrassment of saying they're flaming t- tasty out in public in Putney High Street in order to get a free burger? But anyway, fast food is exciting and it was fun and thrilling and tasty. And then you grow up and you realise that, you know, it's, it, it's delicious and then makes you fall asleep and feel depressed and, and, it's, uh, and eventually kills you. And that's maybe not as exciting. <laughs> and so I then went on to, I went to school, went to university, did physics and philosophy. So I've kind of always had this slightly kind of arts and kind of left brain right brain thing going on and then I was a chef and then I was a gossip columnist and then I uh, met John at Bain and Company the consultancy firm and we spent a lot of time driving to and from a client in Newbury eating either you know that that thing of standing in front of a neon lit chiller cabinet of kind of cold sandwiches thinking which is the least offensive option or delicious (laughs) go to KFC happy days delicious but then feel guilty and greasy and and as i said depressed and uh fat and we kind of started talking about whether there was you know just joking about whether there was a better way of doing fast food but anyway we talked about it and then i was out in japan working for bain and i decided i'd had enough and i rang john and said look i'm going to leave and i'm going to try and set up this good place that does good fast food just so i thought it'd be polite to let you know (laughs) Um, and he said well okay I'm going to leave too and I'm going to do it with you and that is you know that's kind of that was the genesis of it it was one of those businesses I think like most businesses that was founded um, from just a belief that you wanted a selfish belief that you wanted something and therefore someone else might want something too we spent time in car parks drawing out kitchens uh, with chalk and like work out what it might look. We had literally no idea what we were doing. Um, we did a business plan. We raised some money, and we opened at Carnaby Street in uh, on the fourteenth of July, two thousand and four. And it was a fucking disaster. 
that first day. It was an absolute nightmare. So we had, we'd also got Allegra McEverdy, who was an old childhood friend of mine, was the chef. Uh, and she came in to found it with us. And we had this kind of enormous menu. You could get white wraps or brown wraps. You could have it on a plate or you could have to take away. Da, 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 da. And we realized immediately that this was completely undeliverable. And um, we kind of walked up and down the street. Hyperventilating. <sighs> yeah, 20 times that day thinking, what are we going to do? And then uh, we closed early and I think we cut the menu down to about half what it was. And we opened up the next day and then gradually it was, I think it was taking 7,000 pounds a week. And we were thinking, you know, if we get to 10 or something, can we make money? And then we won in, I got a call from the food critic, Jay Rayner, as I was walking to work down Oxford High Street saying, you've just wanted to let you know you've been uh, made the best new restaurant in the UK. And this had been won by the Woolsey the year before, the kind of massive grand <laughs> restaurant. We had our thousand square foot cafe in uh, Carnaby Street that didn't make any money. I didn't know that anyone had noticed, really. So it was unbelievable emotion. I burst into tears. I'm not sure if Jay knows that yet or if I managed to cover it. But then that came out and we went from doing, overnight we doubled our revenue, went to doing 15 or 17 or 18 or something. Wow. And then we thought, okay, this might actually work. And now that site does 30, 40 grand a week. And you said the name Leon. Tell me about that, where that came about. Yeah, so we were, I've still got the business plan I can share it to you after this. The working title was Seasons Restaurants, just a terrible <laughs> name. <laughs> but I, mean, I think we didn't actually really want to call it that. We just had to have a name for the business. But that's, that's what people gave money to. They decided to give money to a place that was called Seasons Restaurants. And then when we were designing the sign, we thought we'd better get a better name. And actually, I've discovered this from other people who do retail businesses, which is, it seems to me that about half the businesses decide what they're going to call and they actually have to get someone to make the sign because that's the first time you actually have to commit. I've been lucky enough over the last few weeks to spend a great deal of time with hundreds of small businesses where I was able to hear their stories and the lust for what they do. Often the story begins with not doing what they want to do or what they should have been doing. But in a way it's needed, that experience to understand what wasn't for them and to potentially see what grey actually feels like. I stand in front of these founders and I just can't express the energy that comes off them. Slightly wet eyes, a smile from ear to ear, animated hands as they pour their soul out to me about how fulfilled they are now that they're whole and that most of their waking hours are building a business, doing what they love. Don't get me wrong, though. This journey is mistakenly thought as maybe the easier option to the nine to five, and that would 100% not be the truth. Working for yourself, come on, the worst taskmaster there ever was, someone who never respects your personal boundaries, never thinks you've done good enough. I know I'm not selling it here, but it is the truth. You have to have the stomach for the small business roller coaster. But once you've worked out what isn't for you out there in the corporate world, there's a moment where you find your diamond. This is something I often speak about. I ask adults and children about it, and I love hearing their answers. Recently, I was handing out awards to a group of 11-year-olds who had all built a small business, and I asked them what they thought their diamonds were. <laughs> 
One said his love of cats and that he had a cat duvet cover, cat posters, and they had four cats in his house. So he thought cats were his diamond. Another said the rainforest and she wanted to live in a tree house. Can you see what I mean? I wonder what she'll be when she's older. You see, I strongly believe, and my belief has only been strengthened talking to so many founders recently, that not only do we all have diamonds, we also know what they are when we look back. As in, you can connect the dots when you look back in time and see why this is your calling. I would say almost 100% of the time, this has been true to all entrepreneurs I've spoken to. Take Henry and John. It was frigging fast food. That was their diamond. Now, we all love a burger or the special something that they do to McDonald chips. Or is that just me? Or what about mixing the mayo and the barbecue sauce and dunking a nugget in that odd coloured goo? Anyway, I digress. But for them, that was their diamond. Little did they know that the trip that they took to the fast food shop on the high street as kids, which they adored and they longed for, would become their adult life. I mean, it's actually crazy to think about it, isn't it? But connect the dots back from the amazing success of Leon, and there you have it. Their burger love was what they should always have been doing, not tied up in jobs with a suit and tie, dealing with corporate issues. Thinking about this and looking back on my own journey, I think my real diamond has to be a love of shopping creatively. I can remember where this started. It was shopping every single Saturday, finding the lanes in Brighton and going in and out, never bored, never, and having a real issue if we missed just one shop. I loved going to markets and fairs and would spend hours looking at everyone's offering. I was a creative soul and always found it hard to express my style until I found small businesses. So my diamond, of course, ended up in Not on the High Street and Holly & Co. It feels obvious when you have the examples to trace the dots backwards, but it's another matter when you're searching for it. But in all my years, and that's now nearly 20 in this job, it's always ended up being simple and obvious. It's the sort of thing that when someone who's not seen you since you were at school and finds out what you do, they say, Of course. This is when you know you are doing the right thing. It's also the point where I think you become the most successful as a person. And remember that success is not all wrapped up in money. I do think that you can have a very lucrative existence running a small business, but the riches also come from being your most authentic version of yourself, where your career is as much you as your personal life, where you're able to build a good life business. And the fuel? Well, it's the sparkles, the energy, the gleaming talent that radiates from your inner diamond. The question is, have you found yours? A big thank you to Dell Technologies who've bought us this episode today. I hope you enjoyed this light bulb moment to listen to my whole conversation with the hilarious Henry Dimbleby MBE, co-founder of Leon, or any of our past founders. Search Conversations of Inspiration wherever you get your podcasts. And guess what? I'm going to ask you, have you ever written a review? 
Have you ever rated one of my podcasts? If not, could I ask you to do it? I would so, so appreciate it. And it will also help so many more people find conversations of inspiration. Mm-hmm.